A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Betsy. Why, thank you. Happy Saturday to you. You are here for a show open for the first time, man, since what, June? March? Yeah, it's been like two solid months. Yeah, you're going to be rusty, I'm sure. I'm probably going to just spin circles around you with my verbal... Um... Uh-huh. Verbal. Wow, you're off to a great start. <laughs> I mean, this is just well, absolutely well, <laughs> I, I am so sad. The only thing I could think of was verbal vomit. But that's not <laughs> what I'm doing. Verbal. No, and that's a term I use all the time for stuff that comes out I know. Verbal ballet i don't know i feel yeah the whole thing just fell apart i should have wrote that down i should have used a thesaurus wait, 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 wait. i would just like to back up for one hot second because okay. you were an english major and uh, what did you just say i should have wrote that down did i say Any wrote that down teacher out there yes you did <laughs> I know English that the correct feel free is written. <laughs> wow. I'm so glad you're back, Betsy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thanks for coming back. You're welcome. Yeah. Glad to be here. Well, let's see. I, I don't really know. I guess I'm so stunned. I, here, here's what I'm going to start with. There are simple solutions for complicated problems. You know, sometimes that's not always the case. Sometimes it takes a complicated solution. But every now and then, there's a really simple one. There's somebody that you and I both know. I'm not going to say his last name. He doesn't live around here, but James. Mm-hmm. James is a great guy, and mm-hmm. he knows we're talking about this, or at least he does now. But anyway, he he was talking to another friend of ours about some really bad allergies that he was having. He was really struggling, you know, sneezing all the time. You, you can relate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. the whole allergy thing, right? So James has got all of these allergies and he's miserable. So he's talking to our other friend and he's explaining, oh, how bad he is. And he better go get tested because he seems to be allergic to everything. And a number of phone calls, you know, happen. And, and in each of those, he keeps relaying the fact that it's not getting any better. Well, a couple of weeks go by and he doesn't talk about it. So he talks about it for two or three weeks straight. And then all of a sudden... He doesn't talk about it anymore. So my friend was telling me that he was curious about that. So he got James on the phone at one point, and they asked him just recently, what about those allergies, James? And James didn't want to talk about it. Do you know what the the solution was? He he found the solution to his allergies. Do you know what it was? Um, no. He bought a nose hair trimmer. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. He was so embarrassed to relate that, but... That's what it was. He wasn't allergic to anything. He had these wow. stray nose hairs that were just triggering all this misery. So, Betsy, I know you mentioned you're struggling with um, some allergies and, and stuff like that. You never know. Maybe get one of those um, magnifying mirrors and check out your snores and see once if your um, sniffer needs to be trimmed back a little bit. I don't think that's I think mine is sinuses because of no. this weather and because I have been going home slightly more frequently and it's getting cold. Up well, north. That's <laughs> clearly 85 down here and up north. It's like, 50. well, that's not as much fun as like massive yes. amounts of nose hair that has to be trimmed back. 
Yeah, sorry. But anyway, simple solutions, complicated problems. Here is another one that I found that, that everybody out there can relate to. I lose things all the time. Am I correct in saying Oh, my goodness. I spend a fair amount of our working time trying to find things that you have set down and then need and can't find. Yeah, you you use terms like mother and babysitter and guardian Uh and things like that to to help me function as a full-grown adult, right? We're always losing. I'm losing my phone. I lose my keys, all of those things. Well, anyway, you haven't been around as much, you know, you, you, you your surgery and COVID and all of that, and you're not here. You're working remotely. That means right. I am on my own when it comes to keys <laughs> and my phone and keeping track of my stuff. And you know what? Uh-huh. I have found a replacement for you really? in that role. Yes. I'm standing in a store the other day buying something for the house, and I see this little... On the, on the end cap, this thing called a Chipolo tracker. And it says right on the box, find your keys. Well, it had me at that already. So it was what? 19 bucks, and you know, very inexpensive, really, for what it is. Here's the scoop. It's something that looks almost like a 50-cent piece. You know, It's about as big mm-hmm. as that, a little bit thicker. It, they've got five, six different colors. And it, you put it on a keychain. You know, That's the one I bought. There's a keychain one. There's a card for a wallet, things like that. You put it on, and then you go home, and you download this free app, this Chipolo app on your phone, and the thing connects via Bluetooth, and now your phone knows where your keys are. You can have any number of these Chipolos, and you can assign them to different things in the house, whatever you oh. want, whatever you want to not lose. You can put it on a backpack. You can put it over here. And then what it does, when you pull up the interface in the phone, you can see a little map that will show you where it was last at when it was connected. It's got like a 200-foot range. So there's some limitations. It's not a GPS tracker or anything like that, but it's not as expensive. What's really cool, though, you can see it on on a map, but you can also pull up the app in the phone and click on your little thing where it says your keys. You can't find your keys. It says ring my keys. You push that little button, and the little chip starts ringing if you're within range. If you're not within range, you just walk around until all of a sudden it pops up. You know, so if you right. leave them out in the middle of nowhere, it will at least tell you where it was last on the map, and you can mm-hmm. get close to that, and then you get in the range. If you're within about 200 feet, it will pick it up, and it will ring it, and you can echolocate it like a bat. It is so cool. What's really cool is it also works in reverse. You can double-click the little chip, and it will ring your phone. So if you've lost your phone, even if it's on silent, the phone will ring, and you can track it down. Oh, thank goodness for things like that, because when I actually come back to work in the building, I will no longer have to find your stuff. We are going to have so much extra time because we're not searching for my stuff. (laughs) It's going to be crazy. It is. It's a really cool thing. I don't know a whole lot about how I feel about it other than my initial reaction. I've only had it for a few days, and it's been brilliant. Now, maybe I will change my opinion as I use it over time, but right now, I'd really plug this thing. Chipolo, it's a key finder. You can find it online. You can find it on Amazon. We've got it in the show notes, and we're going to give away four of them at the end of the show. So four people. I was going to say everybody can try it out. <laughs> Hopefully, the listeners aren't you know just four people. If that's everybody, we won't be here next week. But, well, then I'm going to wonder what you've done while I've been gone. Yes, I have, only have four listeners left. I have so tanked the show. I've lost our entire base. <laughs> now, we're going to give four of them away to four listeners at the end of the show. You're going to want to hang around for that. Right now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Betsy, you're going to be talking about how to clean a, a, a monumental mess. 
Am I right in that? Y- yes. I, uh, yes. All <laughs> I have right. personal firsthand experience. <laughs> That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. And Betsy, you had quite a weekend. And it looks like, from everything you've described, you've got a number of big weekends coming up because you're tackling a project at your parents' house, and it's a huge one. Yes. Um, I've been trying to go home to my parents' house up north a little more frequently than I have in the past because I will admit I have not been home nearly as much as I should be for living so close. So the time has come to be home a little bit more on weekends. But um, And that also explains, if I have a slight accent, I would like to apologize now because I have been told that being up north it gives me some sort of funky up north accent. And so if I sound a bit different, I apologize. Well, you also sound different because you're on the phone and yeah. that's giving a different vibe. We couldn't make our fancy software work this week. So yeah. I sound crystal clear. Betsy sounds like she's on the telephone, but we're going to have to just roll with it because I can't yeah. do the whole thing by myself because half of the show is basically an experience you had. And I don't think I'd relay it very well. Do you? Um, no, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to live it in order to be able to talk about it. <laughs> so what are you doing exactly? I know they've, you've got a basement that you're trying to bring into order because you're panicked about it. There, there's so many things there. You know, we're all, we all look at that. I, I look at my crawl space, for example, and I can't believe that in seven years... It's gotten as chaotic as it has. And someday somebody's going to have to sort that out. And I think I owe it to the kids to to have it be me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think, you know, at least from my experience, that when you have kids, you know, you have many children who are younger. My parents, you know, my sister's the next closest to me and she's six years younger. So my siblings were at home quite a bit longer than I was. And I think with younger kids, this is just kind of what happens. You know, you tell them to clean something up and they don't always know what to do with it. And so they take it and they put it somewhere that may not be the right spot to put it. But you don't realize oh, <laughs> that they put it wherever. Let me and, tell you, that yeah. is the, the, the misery that I live with. I don't know how many drawers I open mm-hmm. and I cannot believe if it weren't so horrible, it might even be funny. But but it's it's not. It's you find things in drawers that you never thought would be there. Right. But that's what you're saying. You know, my parents moved into this house. I can't even remember how many years ago, but it was after I had graduated from high school and both my siblings were obviously still living at home. And, you know, my parents would send them to clean the rooms or whatever. And just as they grew, they, they outgrew things, you know, whether it be clothing, toys or just things that are in their room and their taste change. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, all of that stuff that used to be in the rooms kind of grew legs and migrated to the basement or they would borrow something, you know, a tool or they decided to paint their rooms. 
and then they go back and they don't necessarily put it away. You know, I mean, obviously they're grown adults now and they do much better. I mean, both of my siblings are much like myself and kind of, you know, clean neat freaks. <laughs> so luckily, you know, if you have younger children, don't worry, there is hope. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's kind of what kids do. They don't necessarily put things away like adults do. And so you've so got this mess. This has just grown over the years. And, you know, once you finally sit there and realize, oh my goodness, look at all this stuff, it's so overwhelming. You well, just stand there and you don't know where to start. Well, and that's so what I wondered about. You get motivated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's got to be what your mom feels. I know I feel that. Yeah. And I'm sure listeners do. You go to a spot. A, a place in your home where this has happened and we mm-hmm. feel bad about it we feel well I, we feel all kinds of things i feel lazy and it, it's not yeah. even that i am lazy I, it, because i do try to keep control of this but it has gotten out of hand and it's so monumental it, it's like climbing a mountain when you look right. at it and you think where do i begin and that's what you were looking at and you had told me in our conversations that your mom felt that paralysis and yeah. you kind of felt that way, but you found a way to jump into it and to start to start chipping away at it and to get results. And that's what we wanted to kind of focus on in the rest right. of the segment. So how did you exactly get going? How did you jumpstart the process? Well, in order to get over the paralysis, I realized that we were going to have to take this bit by bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't going to be a, hey, let's go down to the basement and clean, you know, for a whole day. It's just that is not workable to most people and especially for me i i can't do that yeah i have to break it apart so i knew we had some miscellaneous storage pieces down there you know some shelves and you know my dad has one of those big toolboxes on wheels um but that's about it and i knew that we were going to need more storage because what we have now is a lot of stuff that's in cardboard boxes or maybe in some sort of plastic container, but maybe not. And it's certainly not organized. All right. So I purchased some shelves, ordered them. And lucky for me, the shelves came in the box and that box came in a bigger box. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. So you ordered some shelves. Tell me about the shelves. I love shelves because they're the first step to organizing. Were they inexpensive? Were they expensive? Were they metal? They are metal shelves, and they're kind of like those things that you would see in um, a kitchen. They're like a, an industrial kitchen or something like that, a okay. professional kitchen. All right. Um, they're not the metal ones that have the wood that you put across them. These okay. are all metal. They weren't expensive. Easy to put together? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. just kind of snap together. There's a little... Things that hold the shelves in place, so really easy to put together. Yeah. We've we've talked about shelves plenty of times. There's there's so many simple ways to build them yourself. If you need to go right. that route, there are inexpensive shelves. There's all kinds of different ways you can go, but that's the first step is to get somewhere to put them or, or to get something right. to put all your stuff on. But then you ran into an issue. You had told me earlier when you opened all of these up, you had nowhere to put the shelves themselves. Yes, because everything, you know, I mean, there's some stuff against the walls, you know, it's like a couple of shelving units and the toolbox, but then there's just boxes up against the walls, you know, stacked and you're going, well, great. Where do I put these shelves? All of this (laughs) stuff has to come away from the wall before I can put the new shelves up there. And it's a basement. So it's kind of dirty and my parents eat with wood. So, you know, wood chips get you know, all over the place. And so it became kind of a 
dual thing where, okay, we're going to clean all this up, but we're also going to vacuum and, you know, do all that kind of good stuff. So my first task was to get everything away from the wall and to do that, instead of just pulling it all out and putting it in the center of the room, I came up with a series using those big boxes that my shelves came in, um, filling them up with certain types of things. So I had one box in one area that was for painting supplies. So every paint supply I came across, you know, trays, roller covers, tape, all of that good stuff went in this box. And as I needed more space, I, you know, created another box right next to my original box to continue holding the stuff. So mm-hmm. this one pile was all paint stuff. And I had one box for tools and one box for like fasteners, nails and screws and hangers and things like that. So the thing that's so, I created this system of boxes. And that's so smart because, you know, a lot of the times when I'm tackling the big, the basement or whatever, what I find, you know, I've got the kids working with me and will discover a stash of whatever it was. You know, here's some paint mm-hmm. stuff, here's some tools. And so we lug that across the room. You bring that wherever it's got to go, you put it away. First off, you've got a lot of walking and you spend a yes. lot of time moving through the house hauling things where they got to go. <laughs> but but if mm-hmm. you create what you've got, you can honestly if you've got the right layout you can have it where you're grabbing from a pile and turning and tossing it into a box right from there and you're sorting as you go. Right. And there's a yeah. much less walking. It's a much faster process to cut your way through a big pile because mm-hmm. I'm assuming you had a miscellaneous or or a pile that was for mission or for donation or something like that, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah, move through it quickly. For that. I had a trash bag. I had a pile that was stuff that I needed to take up to my mom and say, is this something you want to keep? Is this an important thing? You know, was this like a baby blanket that was handmade for me when I was little? You know, are these really important things or can they be donated? Right. And and so so like even that, you know, I've got a lot of those kinds of things. I don't know about having those kinds of things. I've got people in the house that might say that these items are those kinds of things. And Mm -hmm. I am not equipped to make that decision. If you understand what I'm saying, if I decide what it is and throw it away or whatever, I'm probably wrong and the children (laughs) will be angry. So if if you've got to get that person down there to help you, that's that's ideal. If you can't get that person down there, don't let that stop your process. Just create a bin or an area where you move those items. And then when that person Mm -hmm. gets to join you for the fun task of sorting, you can bring them into it. Now, there's there's more I want to get into about that, but but the time is running short on this segment. Can you hang with us over the break? I know you can. I shouldn't even ask, but I'm being polite. I love it when you're polite. Absolutely, I can hang with you. All right. Good deal. Make yourself a little snack while uh, commercials are playing, and we'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and we're talking about an organizational, monumental task that you took on, Betsy, over the last weekend or so, and it's moving into the future. I mean, this is going to span some time to get a basement that has spent years and years of accumulating things to get that right. a little more organized. And you jumped into, at the end of the last segment, you were talking about the very first task 
because when we look at a space like this in our homes, uh, the, the normal reaction is for us to be paralyzed in a mm-hmm. sense. You know, there's so much stuff to do. Where do I begin? And you mentioned a couple things that I thought are worth reiterating. First off is you broke the, the, the whole process up into segments. You weren't mm-hmm. going to just convince yourself that, hey, it's this weekend and by the end of the day on Sunday, the basement's going to be perfect. That's that's a false right. kind of a, a schedule to create. And it creates stress because you've got to either make it, you know, and, and be done right. by the end of that Sunday or you failed. And, and if you do all of that, you're going to be crazy by the end because that's way too much time yeah. to spend organizing. So you broke it into time chunks. And I want to ask mm-hmm. you about those in a little bit. But the second thing you did to help simplify the process was you, you actually got lucky and you had a number of big boxes that came that that, that shelving that you purchased for the project came in these big boxes and you just moved those along throughout the room and you created spaces to chuck all your certain items like paint tools, regular tools, whatever, all the way around the room. And you worked through the process or or through the piles much more quickly that way. So that was cool. One thing that I think is really fun about that. and, And I wonder if this is what you discovered is that as you got to the point where you're ready to put stuff away, now you've got it all in one place. You've gone through the whole room and you've condensed all of the paint tools in one box or multiple boxes, but they're all in one spot. How many times, yeah. you know, I've, I've gone through and I, I always make the mistake. I'll get the workbench cleaned off and I'll get all the tools hung and then I'll move to another part of the room and then I find more tools and now there's no space for them. So much smarter to have them all in one, <laughs> one box and now you know what you're working with. Did you run into that? Did, was that helpful to you or is that just me? Yeah, because I like to see kind of what I'm working with when I'm going to organize it. And so I want to see everything. I want to see all paint tools. Okay, how am I going to accommodate all these paint trays and these rollers and extra roller covers and brushes? You know, how much space do I need? Do I need to buy extra plastic bins to put these things in? Do I need a whole extra shelf just dedicated to paint supplies? I mean, it kind of gives you a feeling for, you know, okay, I started with three shelving units. What else might I need to purchase in order to really be able to organize this? Or what can I use that I already have? You know, okay, I have an empty paint can that's been rinsed out. I can put, you know, I have the perfect amount of brushes and I can put them all in that paint can. So they're all, when I need a paintbrush, they're right there. I I mean, it kind of gives you a feel for what you still need or what you need to be looking. And that's so important because it's going to make the process simpler. If you start filling those shelves, you're going to either a lot too much space and then you're going to have to come and fill it with stuff that you would maybe not have wanted to or you're going to be reshuffling. Mm -hmm. All of that works better if you just... Get it into the piles, get it in, get everything sorted before you even start putting away. I think the tendency is to want to put it away. My tendency is to want to get it off the floor and put it away in a spot right, right. away. But I don't I think that's counterproductive. So mm-hmm. how long was it before you started to feel a little bit of accomplishment and, and start to feel some of the paralysis, you know, kind of draining away? Did it take very long to get to that point? You know, it doesn't take very long to get to that point. And you need to be sure that as you're going through, you're not saving stuff. Like we had a bunch of sandpaper that I don't even know how old it was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but it's like folded and it's crumpled or it probably had gotten damp at some point. And, you know, it's not worth it to save things like that. So once you start filling a trash bag and you see 
hey, my trash bag is filling up. That means things are getting cleared out. You start to feel better about the whole process. And it kind of, you know, pushes you along. Hey, I can do this. You know, this is going to turn out great in the end. So satisfaction. No, I, I can I completely get that. How did your mom start to feel as she started to see things coming together? Did it, it did it, did the impossible start to seem possible to her as well? Oh yeah, my parents are. You know, this is it's a family project, and yeah. so they're right on board with. <laughs> oh my goodness, we can do this. You know, this is a good system for us, and you know, it helps. This is the other benefit to doing this kind of a project is once you pull the stuff away from the walls, you can kind of see what's going on. You know, my parents eat with wood. And so occasionally a mouse comes in with the wood pile. So you can see, you know, okay, we need to set some traps, you know, (laughs) around this wall because we see evidence of mice. You can check for things like termites and carpenter ants. And you can also check for water. You know, luckily in my parents' house, I wasn't seeing any evidence of water on this particular wall. But especially in a basement, this is a great time to be checking to make sure that you don't see any of that efflorescence, which is kind of the powdery stuff Mm -hmm. that you sometimes see on block and things like that in the basement on the walls. Um, It's a great time to address all of those issues and just be sure that everything is sealed up, buttoned up, and, you know, you're taking care of any problems right. I, that you I, might have. I think you're being a little a little unfair, or, or you're not painting a full picture for the listeners. You know, you listed off all these terrible things. I'm going to find uh-huh. mice. I'm going to find, you know, infestations you of different things. You might. You might. You might. Right. That's scary. But you also might find a stash of cash, right? Well, yes. You could find coins, of incredible value, jewels. I wish I found that. Yeah, but it's Is there possible. a treasure chest in the house somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I've always joked with, and then I saw it on Facebook, and that I was a little disappointed because I thought I was so original. But I told the kids my goal. It, well, this is kind of kind of dark and macabre, but um, <laughs> my goal, my last words, I would love to be. I hid the money in the, and then I'll expire. And then that begins the search and the cleaning. And they're going to clean with such excitement (laughs) because they're not going to know what they're finding. Right? Right. So it might not just be mice and bad stuff. It could be cash. That's all I wanted to stress. Right. It could be. And, you know, now's a great time when you have all that stuff pulled out. If you do want to paint, you know, if you want to paint those walls because they're black now, or if you want to seal them up so that water doesn't come through them, you know, moisture doesn't come through, it's a great time. You can even paint the floor to make right. it easier to clean up in the future. So talk- you can just do, you know, the section where the shelves are going to be first and then go from there. Right. Talk about the, the you, you mentioned something that I'm sure perked up a lot of people's I don't do. Do you perk up their ears? Do they peak? Their, you yeah. peak their interest yes. when you mentioned sealing up your walls so that moisture doesn't get through. We should clarify mm-hmm. a couple of things. What we're talking about is if you've got bare cement block in the basement, yes, and yep. you get water that trickles in through the block walls, not up mm-hmm. through the floor, but through the block right. walls. If you've got water that trickles in, first off, we'd we'd recommend taking a look outside and figuring out if if there is something you can do. Can you put up eaves trough and gutters and things like that to channel water away from the house? Can you change the grade around the house so that water flows away from it, right? But there is yeah. a product called water block, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that- and that's something that you have to put on 
a bare wall. You cannot put it on something that has previously been painted. It just doesn't work. Right. So definitely ask about that. It doesn't work for your floors. You wouldn't want to put this on your floors. And it it may not be perfect, but it will definitely reduce a lot of the water, especially if you do it Mm -hmm. in conjunction with some of the other things we talked about. It's definitely something you can ask about at any Repcolite or Port City paint store. We'll walk you through how it works and whether that would be right for you. But painting the block walls, you don't need, unless you've got, you know, moisture issues, if it's just, if it's dry block walls, it's really, it's so simple. You don't need special paint. It's just interior latex paint. The, the basement floors, there's a number of things you can do, but there are water-based floor paints that you can use that will hold up really well. And if you mm-hmm. get a light color in those areas, if yours is a dark basement, you can make tremendous improvements. Like Betsy's saying, as you're in the middle of this cleaning, you know, get those spaces cleared out, get them painted, and then when you put everything back together, it's going to look like a different place. Yeah, it's incredible what just some simple little things, even just the fact that you're vacuuming, you know, cobwebs and dust and dirt and things like that, that alone makes such a difference. And it just, it gives you this feeling of satisfaction. Like, you know, this space is going to be good when I'm all done. Right. And it's it's a space and it, it's a space that feels so overwhelming. We've said that over and over again, but it's not just yeah. overwhelming. It's depressing. And it feels like a waste. And when you reclaim it, that's literally what you're doing. You're reclaiming a part of your home and you'll be blown away at how you feel about that new space, because now you've got an area that you didn't have before. And right. I, I, I don't know how else to explain it. I know we did that at my old house with a basement that was very dingy, very dark, you know, a Michigan basement, Mm -hmm. cleaned it up, got paint on the walls, got paint on the floors. And we went from a space that the kids were, well, to be honest, I didn't like being down there in the dark (laughs) and the kids were terrified, except Tessa, my one daughter, my middle daughter. I found, I think I told you that story, how I, yeah, found her downstairs, like at midnight with a flashlight, just playing with her toys. (laughs) I wouldn't even go down there at noon without somebody uh-huh. with me. Tessa's down there at, in midnight. But anyway, once we cleaned that up, we turned it into a toy room. And the kids played in there all the time. And it, it's really amazing what you can do with some paint and some cleaning and all of that. It just changes how you feel about that space. Right. And then, you know, once you've gotten that stuff done and any problem solved, things like that, then it's just a matter of putting the shelves to a box, whatever, back against those walls and starting to form some sort of organization, whether it be one shelving unit per type of thing, you know, getting some plastic bins to put stuff in. And this is where I go back to the let's break it apart. So I go through one type of thing at a time. So okay, today I'm going to go down and I'm going to sort just the paint tools and I'm going to put those on a shelf. I'm going to get them all organized and then I'm going to be done for the day. Mm -hmm. Then the next day you go back and okay, today is tool sorting day and throw out the ones that are bad. You know, if you have, my dad has some old tools that are quite rusted that probably need to be replaced. So I will be making a list for my siblings. (laughs) Hey, these are things that we can get dad (laughs) because he needs some replacements for (laughs) this stuff that's really, you know, (laughs) has seen better days. So, you know, each, you just break it into these small chunks. That's the key to not getting so overwhelmed. You have to break it down, take little bites at a time. 
And, you know, in the end, you just, you feel so much better about yourself because you tackled something you never thought possible, but yet it wasn't nearly as bad as you anticipated it to be. Right. Whenever I've got to clean something really bad that I don't want to deal with, that I've put off, I first Mm -hmm. off make the kids help, which is always good, but I can get them to help with some willingness if I tell them that we're setting a timer. We're going to work for 20 minutes. We're going to work for 30 minutes. We put music on. We listen to books on audio, whatever it takes. You know there's an end in sight. You know it's not going to be the whole day. You know, you've got a very clear start and stop. You work as fast as you can, and you really stop when the time's up, right? Right. If you do break it down, then you can see along the way, okay, these are the things that I really need to make this work for me. You know, I need to get one of those pegboards or whatever for some tools because the toolbox just isn't cutting it. You know, so it just, it makes it easier to see what things you really need to buy and what things you can do without. You don't want to go buy a bunch of stuff and then not need it. I no, guess that, that would be foolish. That would be how I yes. sometimes do yes. things. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. No. I think it's great. How long do you have to go yet? Um, I have to go through some of the boxes, the paint tools, you know, with my dad being in a paint business, that is by far the biggest thing, you know, um, I'm saving the worst for last, even though I should do it the opposite way. I've been dreading it. So it'll get done this weekend. It's the right way to go. It's a really, uh, we've all got spaces like that in our homes, whether, whether it's drawers, whether it's whole rooms, whole levels, whatever it is, there's hope. Just take it in segments, yes. sort it out, go back and listen to the heck, you can listen to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show as you work. Is there anything better than that, <laughs> there Betsy? There are hours and hours of material there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, good luck with your project. We probably better Thank take another you. break. And then when we come back, we're going to address an issue that comes up from time to time, and it can be a bit of a struggle, getting the right stain color when you need a match for something in your home. There are a number of things that you can do to make sure that the process goes as simply and smoothly as possible and that you get where you want to go. We're going to tell you what they are when we come back. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. Well, actually, I'm back. Betsy had to scoot. She had some things to take care of. So I'm here to finish out the show. And I've got a really simple topic, an interesting topic to me. It's a question that I received from a customer this past week about a hardwood floor that the customer had sanded down to bare wood and was getting ready to stain and refinish. And what happened in this situation is the customer came and picked out exactly the stain they wanted, went home, put a sample on the floor, and then it turned out to be the same color that had previously been down there. And that's not what they wanted. So we get the question, what do we do? Well, In order to answer that, I guess I want to take a step back to a little earlier in the process, and that will hopefully help anybody out if you find yourself looking at a stain project. Now, the first thing you want to understand is that the type of wood affects the color. Most of us know that. We talk about it on the show all the time, but oak stains differently from pine, pine stains differently from ash, and so on. Also, actual pieces of wood affect the color. And what I mean by that, that's a clumsy way of saying it. But what I mean is your particular piece of oak or pine or whatever isn't necessarily going to stain the same as any other 
random piece of the same type of wood. There is sometimes some variance. So having your exact piece of wood that you're working on or some of the pieces or representation of what you're working on is going to help us get a better color. We really see a lot of that with oak, where oak can lean towards the red or the whiter side. And if you've got a wide range, you can really run into some issues. It's nice to see that actual piece, not just know that it's oak. Another thing to remember is that the application of the stain, how you put the stain on, affects the color. If you wipe it off quicker, it will lighten it. If you wipe it off later, leave it on a little longer, it usually allows it to darken a little bit, to soak in a little more. If you use lots of pressure, you're going to remove more and more of the color. If you use a lighter touch, you can leave more color and so on. So what do you do? How do we get where you want to go? Well, the big thing you want to think about is, first off, Actually bringing in a sample of the wood you're working on is going to help a lot. So if you're doing trim or cabinets or something like that, bring in some of the actual wood, the door, the the, the trim pieces that you're going to work on so we can see exactly what we're working with and we can tailor the stain that way. If you can't do that, at least come in knowing what type of wood it is. You want to know that it's oak or ash or poplar or any of those things. We want to know that ahead of time. Another thing you can do, ideally, is once you get the color the way you like it, create a sample board that becomes your target and and carry that with you when you're actually applying the stain. We had a situation a number of years ago, I remember it, where a customer needed a custom stain for a table that they were having built somewhere else. So they got the stain match just the way they wanted it and then sent the stain to the furniture maker without sending a sample of the desired final color. The furniture finisher made, you know, the furniture maker made the table, the finisher put the stain on, wiped it out like he was used to, finished it, shipped it back, and the whole thing turned out too light. They didn't have a target to shoot for, and as we mentioned, the actual application of the stain can change the color. And you can run into that on your own project if you don't keep a sample with you as you're working. Another thing you you need to do is when you do get that color and you're getting ready to apply it, sample the stain in an inconspicuous area, small sections of closet floors, the back pieces of trim and stuff like that. So specifically back to the question that I had from the customer, what if the color doesn't work? What then? Well, first off, if you run into that, don't panic. We generally can't take back stain that's been custom tinted. It can't be resold. It's, it's very specific for your situation. So it really can't be returned. But... There are a lot of ways that we can adjust the color to help you get where you want to go. So call the store, explain the situation, find a good time to come down, bring your samples, bring some photos, bring something that can demonstrate the direction you want to go with your color, a target, whether it's a photo, a picture in a magazine, or another piece of wood or trim that's already stained. Bring those with you and come with a little bit of time and allow us to work. We can usually get you where you want to go either by adjusting the color that you have or giving you some recommendations regarding application methods so that you can get where you want to be. There is a lot more that we could help you with, and we'll gladly do that at any Repcolite or Port City paint store. Come down, talk to us about the project. We'll get you off on the right foot. And there you go. That's all the time we've got. But before we wrap it up, I do want to give away those Chipolo chip trackers that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. If you want to make sure you never lose your car keys again, or at least reduce your chances, you're going to want to win one of these. And to do so, you just need to email radio at repcolite.com, and we will pick four random winners out of all the entries that we get. Radio at repcolite.com. Have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. 